Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life as I work to improve the journey of my own. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back. This is the Simply Not Easy podcast. Um, Back on another episode. Hope you enjoyed the last one. Today is our Sports Sunday. So last Sunday we talked about the wide receiver position in football after Super Bowl MVP Julian Edelman. Today we're talking about transition in sport and how to do that with uh, student physical therapist MVP Taylor Mattinger here with me. So Taylor, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, um, I'm Taylor Matzinger. I'm a third-year physical therapy student at Temple University. Um, I also played Division I soccer for Temple when I was an undergrad. Um, And since then, I have transitioned into the sport of MMA, which involves uh, training Muay Thai, uh, basically kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, and then also your basic strength and conditioning as well. Fantastic. So... Taylor's out here. She's working the VA in Northern California with me, different units and everything. Um, So part of the reason Taylor's on this podcast is because she's a phenomenal athlete. We're going to talk a lot about that kind of transitioning from different sports and what training volumes and loads look like and how to prevent injury as you're doing different cross training, but also because she's stuck in the car with me for a while. (laughs) So that's another big motivation of it. Um, I get the pleasure of being with her. She has to deal with putting up with me. We're driving from Northern California, Palo Alto area, out to Yosemite this morning. So it's actually still pretty dark. We haven't quite gotten the sunrise yet, but we'll get a beautiful sunrise coming out east. So Taylor, just for everybody out there, um, why are you interested in physical therapy for yourself? You know, I know you're an athlete and everything, but what got you interested originally? Right, Um, so when I was a freshman in high school, I actually tore my medial meniscus. I went through surgery. They tried to repair it just because I was so young. Um, Limited blood flow, so they weren't sure if it was gonna take. Um, I got through all five months of therapy and it actually ended up not having enough blood flow to heal, so it retore again. Uh, Went back for a second surgery. They took out a partial meniscectomy, so they just took out a little thin part of it. Um, And that was a much shorter recovery, um, only about a month there, but through all of that, uh, went through a lot of physical therapy. (laughs) And, um, after that, I actually continued doing strength and conditioning with my physical therapist. Um, so I was in the gym a lot and just seeing that, um, and, you know, being from a sports background, really enjoying physical training. Um, the idea of being able to help people get back to doing what they were able to do functionally before they experienced some sort of injury or condition, um, you know, that just really was interesting to me. And even getting into physical therapy school and shadowing more before that, it just more reinforced my suspicions that I would love it. And I do. So Fantastic. <laughs> no, it sounds like you've had the same privilege that I have in terms of, you know, you think you want it. You have some great experiences when you're younger. Great in terms of challenging experiences, too. Right. But for me, it was very much, you know, I got into PT school and... I thought I'd like it a lot. I knew I wanted to be in the health science field. I knew kind of in general what I wanted to do, but I got very fortunate in falling more and more in love with it every year along the way as I kept getting more and more experience through. Absolutely. And you know, you mentioned uh, the healthcare field, which I I agree. I like uh, 
you know, being in the medical field, um, I like that mindset. One thing I love about PT, um, too, especially compared to other healthcare professions, is just how much time you get to spend with your patients um, and that interaction that you have on such a consistent basis. So, Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, it's, um, you know, one of the most important things is when people are done with quote-unquote physical therapy, how do they stay active and stay empowered through that new movement through the rest of their life? And it's about, it takes time to build that quality up. It takes time to help empower people through that and build that confidence. Not only that can you do this physically, but the mental mindset behind that and that you don't need crutches or you don't need to hold somebody's hand. You can just get after life and go attack it. Right. So that's what I love about it too is the transition from, hey, you're coming into my clinic and a vulnerable, a vulnerable state in some way, shape or form coming in for healing and we work on that together, or then how do we not only get you back to where you were, but ready for the next adventure ahead of you in life? Right. So Taylor, you um, you played soccer for a while, Division One soccer. Yes. Tell us a little bit about kind of what position in soccer and your training for that. Right, um, so I played all over the place, um, but kind of landed um, consistently, especially in my later years, in uh, the left outside back position. So. For those unfamiliar with soccer, that's part of the defensive line, um, and it's on the outside. And the way my school played it, um, I was not only you know, part of that defensive line, but I was also supposed to be running up the field to get uh, crosses in and help generate or support the offense at the other end of the field. So a lot of running for me. Um, and training for that, as you can imagine, involved a lot of sprint intervals, uh, working on endurance, but also working on sprint recovery. Um, what a lot of people who are unfamiliar with soccer uh, don't know is that it's not just kind of constant steady state running. Um, it's not it's not like you go out and do a steady state five mile jog. There's a lot of um, sprinting and then um, we're, we're always moving, but uh, there's different paces. So you need to be able to, you know, recover from those long runs or uh, be able to generate short bursts of speed um, all throughout the game. So a lot of sprint intervals um, to work on conditioning, um, especially over longer distances on the field. And then, you know, strength and conditioning for our legs, of course, so that we're strong, um, able to do what we need with our feet but also for our core and upper body too, because soccer is a, a fairly physical sport. Um, and even though you know we're playing with our feet, there's a lot of uh, contact that goes on above and you need to be able to shield people off, uh, defend the ball or kind of muscle in to get the ball off of someone else as a defender. So um, a lot of total body strengthening. Um, and then, yeah, definitely we hit legs three times a week. Um, with our strength and conditioning coach uh, with different exercises. So um, a lot of strength and a lot of um, sprint interval training to help keep us fit in addition to our technical practices. Fantastic. So Taylor, you brought up a lot of great points in terms of there's a lot of variety with soccer that meets the specific demands of the sport and a lot of cutting, pivoting, turning. So not only do you need the strength for your body to be able to execute that, but you need to work within different energy systems and our body works in very different ways. You know, some people are more uh, biased and better at working short sprints, whereas others are better at kind of long endurance marathons. But ultimately you need to train some proportion of both of those. And like you said, it's not only important, can you get from zero to 60 and change directions back and forth? But when you get from zero to 60, then you go back down to 20, how fast can you breathe normally, recover, and be ready to go for recovery for the next time? 
and something I talk a lot about for all my athletes out there is the role of recovery in performance. It's often overlooked in so many people. You've got to take care of your body, not only to go ahead and execute in that moment, but after us too. So Taylor, you've done a lot of strength training, you've done a lot of agility work, a lot of footwork right. um, for to get yourself physically ready and conditioned, but also the specific drills for the sport itself. Right. Now, you're involved in MMA. How is that different for you now? So, um, I think the biggest difference with MMA is that my upper body is a lot more active in the sport. So yes, it is involved with soccer, with you know being able to uh, shield players off, keep them away. But uh, in MMA, you know, you're striking, you're grappling. So there, there's a bigger active component for the arms there, for sure. Um, and then the other thing too is uh, MMA. There might not necessarily be a lot of running that goes right. on, but there is a different type of cardiovascular component needed. Um, it's pretty much uh, a lot of anaerobic work for you know three or five minutes straight depending on how long um, a round is but you basically just need to be you're going the whole time um, you're doing quick explosive movements you're moving around and then your body has to be able to keep putting out a very high um, power outload um, but without getting too tired otherwise that leaves you more vulnerable or um, yeah, so. Absolutely, and that's a great point where you've got to have that intensity at the time, but the way our body works, so Taylor brought up anaerobically, basically aerobically um, is cardiovascular, kind of running, jogging, that kind of stuff, getting the heart rate up. Anaerobically is about strength, and anaerobically means without oxygen, so that high energy output that you don't even require oxygen for. Now with different energy systems in our body, really at best that only lasts for two minutes in a row. So it's important to be able to regulate that in terms of okay how can I it still looks different you still need recovery in between those kind of short outbursts of intensity um, but it's very different than soccer where you might be you know for soccer you might be sprinting and doing different cutting back and forth for about five minutes straight than having a 30 seconds of more of a lull in between whereas with MMA I mean you're going a little bit ape shit for <laughs> a few minutes in a row and then you, you never get a true break but it's that two two like nice deep breaths that you can almost catch for yourself so it's a very different kind of intensity of training so Taylor what's your what have you um this might be getting very in depth for this podcast but for a few simple exercises what are some of your go-to's for now that you went from soccer, a soccer athlete to MMA what are your go-to conditioning kind of drills for yourself as far as like to maintain the heart rate keep the heart rate going and your endurance but then also your power your force your striking speed right um so i would say you know the best conditioner honestly is uh training with your partners so whether that's rolling um for jujitsu doing rounds of wrestling or doing sparring rounds like honestly that is the best but that's not always the most accessible for everyone <laughs> Um, so I would say some go-to exercise jump rope is great um, you know trying to just um, do like a three-minute round of jump rope sounds really easy but if you're moving that rope pretty fast it can actually be challenging um, so that's great for cardiovascular uh, endurance um, especially in an MMA more kind of a flavor um, 
as far as for me, I had to work my grips a lot, um, you know, because I there's not a lot of grabbing going on in soccer, right. or at least there shouldn't be. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, you know, doing farmer's carries, um, working on uh, just different grip exercises has been super important. Um, and then as far as conditioning the upper body, um, when people hold pads or when you're hitting a bag, um, you can do so with different intentions. You can do for technique, um, you can do to work different combinations, or you can do what we always call burnout rounds, which is basically you're trying to move those hands, throw them out and get them back as fast as you can um, with the goal to you know really push your muscles toward fatigue, or same thing with kicks. Um, so those are really good conditioners, and they're also a good way to measure how conditioned you are um, and kind of push forward. To be able to see progress day to day, week to week, and see how that changes. And you brought up a really good point it's about getting the hands there and back as quick as you can. I think a lot of mistakes that I see in athletes early on is they focus on kind of the goal of it in terms of they want to punch and get their hand to the bag as quickly as they can, but they're a little bit slow and lackadaisical on the return. So it's about mm -hmm. having a lot of speed, both directions, having full balance of the body. Right, exactly. And, you know, you leave that hand out there for too long, you're a little too slow to bring it back, and that means you're getting hit, too. You're so, wide open target, absolutely. Exactly. So, Taylor, talk to me a little bit about um, injury prevention and how that's different. Obviously, both very contact sports, MMA and soccer. Right. Um, people may not initially think of soccer as very contact, but, you know, it's a wide field, and there's a lot of personal interaction. There's a lot of running, cutting, pivoting, other than, like you said, shielding the ball, going up in jumps for the air. Um, for both male and female soccer, right. there's a high concussion risk. And, right. you know, there's a lot of research out there that one of the best predictor predictors for limiting the risk of concussion is actually neck strengthening and right. how strong your neck is through range of motion and all that good stuff to slow down that impact. Tell me a little bit more about your experience with um, as you were a soccer athlete in college at a D1 program, what did right. they emphasize for um, injury prevention of then? How is that much, much different than MMA? So um, there are some similarities, I would say. For soccer um, in college, we definitely emphasized lower extremity injury prevention, especially for the ACL. I think it was my sophomore year, we had five girls on our team blow out their ACL. Wow. Um, unprecedented. I, definitely again, for those of people who crazy. don't know soccer, how many people are on your team? Uh, our team had about 28 yeah. to so, 30. Wow, that's about 20% of people on her team with a blown ACL. Um, yeah, so that was definitely not normal, um, but also, you know, something that we really wanted to work to prevent. So, um, the FIFA 11 is commonly cited yep. and known for injury prevention for the lower extremity. Um, and I would say a lot of those exercises kind of apply um, in MMA as well. You know, there are similar forces you worry about at the knee. Um, as far as contact goes, uh, maybe not so much cutting and pivoting to sprint away, um, but definitely strengthening those accessory muscles um, around the hip, knee, and ankle. Um, we did a little bit of neck strengthening um, to help with concussions in college, but it wasn't a huge focus. We didn't have a huge problem with it on our team. Good. Um, and as far as fighting, um, I think you get a lot of neck strengthening, honestly, from just doing the sport. You know, when you're trying to take people down, you're using your head a lot to try Absolutely. and push them off balance. Um, when you're doing wrestling and jujitsu, there's, um, yeah, just a lot of pressure going through your head there. So that, um, that helps with that. And then for the upper body, um, 
you almost want to do, you know, like dynamic stabilization exercises. So Turkish get-ups are great for the shoulder. One of my favorite um, exercises. Yep. <laughs> good. Um, you can also do what I like to call bottoms up, which is basically yep. holding a kettlebell um, with your shoulder and elbow flexed to 90 degrees, the weights in front of you, and you hold that kettlebell from the handle with the weight above. Um, and then you just, you walk, you walk up and down, you know, like maybe 20 yards, and that's just working on that dynamic strength and stability of the shoulder, um, which is very important, you know, when you're trying to protect yourself from uh, joint lock submissions, or even just, you know, have those uh, accessory muscles be protecting your arms when you're you're throwing those punches out there. Another great point, the shoulder is often misinterpreted as just the ball and socket right in the arm, and, you know, the shoulder muscles are the deltoid. Um, but there are so many other muscles that connect your shoulder blade to your back, your shoulder blade to your shoulder, and we can go on and on and on. And But like you said, it's about how do we create a training regimen that automatically recruits those stabilizing muscles because that's how you functionally train that's how you get better whereas you can't it doesn't do you any good at having really strong arms or really strong shoulders if your shoulder blades flopping around everywhere so having good stability everywhere throughout is extremely important that's great so taylor you've had some fights in mma so far i say what's kind of your highlight from your MMA experience and what's the in terms of what do you enjoy the most about MMA as an athlete hmm. um, well you know coming from soccer which was a team sport um, it's definitely a different feeling to be in the ring or in the cage you know depending on uh, whether it's MMA or whether it's Muay Thai um, or just on the mat whether it's like a, a super fight for jiu-jitsu um, it's a different thing where it's kind of just you out there you have to rely on yourself um, and you just have to go out there and do what you need to do even if you are a better fighter um, if you don't come out and perform um, that can be a loss for you and I think I, I do kind of enjoy that because um, it's on me and so I know like as much as I have to rely on my team to help me prepare when it comes down to the competition um, I kind of know that like I I'm the one who has to do it um, so I think that's cool and then I don't know. Um, yeah, the, the athlete mentality is a big part of it, absolutely. <laughs> yes, and absolutely. I can tell just from sitting here with you and our conversation that you're a competitor and you're ready to get out there and win. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, um, MMA is just such, it's a physical sport, um, and I like that. I like the fact that, like, you have to incorporate so many different elements. You know, you have your striking has to be good. Um, your grappling has to be good. Takedowns, takedown defense. There are just so many aspects, um, and... I'm such a fan of, you know, sports and athleticism. And so the opportunity to learn in all of those realms and get better um, is really cool. And then, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I just don't mind getting hit either. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not for everybody. Well, guys, Taylor brought up a really, really good point earlier about, you know, we talk about all these kind of principles of training and everything. If you don't have this anatomy background, if you don't have this exercise science background, that's not saying you can't do this and you can't take concepts from it. And what, a lot of what she talked about is, you know, some of the best training for the sport is literally just doing the sport. So watch people who are performing MMA, watch people who are doing soccer. If you want to get better at that sport, train by actually playing that sport at a high intensity. And that's some of the best things and best conditioning for your body. 
Um, so thank you everybody for joining us. Thank you, Taylor, for your fantastic time as you're, um, you know, trapped in this car ride with me, have to put up with me for a little bit. And thank you for your insight transitioning um, sport to sport from another great physical therapy mind. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting me on the, on the show. All right. Looking forward to the next episode of the Simply Not Easy podcast. Have a good one, everybody.